This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. No king but Caesar. No king but Caesar. Those are the words that rang out there at the time of Jesus' crucifixion as the religious leaders of the day decided to play games with Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate representing Caesar himself, which the Jewish people hated, but they decided that they were going to sacrifice the one who came as their king, Messiah, on the altar of political correctness. And so they claimed, we have no king but Caesar. Pontius Pilate said, shall I crucify your king? And they said, we have no king but Caesar. May I suggest to you that's exactly what the Jewish people have gotten ever since? That's what the entire world is getting as we speak. No king but Caesar. That's why the Antichrist is rapidly on his way, friends. And that's why my latest book, Messiah, is so critically important. Because Messiah has been rejected from the earliest days of history. That may seem strange to hear, but indeed it is true. And that's why the subtitle of the book, Messiah, is Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. Why is it a mystery? It's a mystery precisely because the people, both Jew and Gentile, have rejected Messiah in favor of Caesar. So God says, okay, Caesar you shall have. And now, just look at Mar-a-Lago. Just look at what's taking place in the name of the law, which is exactly the opposite of lawfulness, which is a manifestation of the spirit of Caesar ruling with absolute unfettered power, undoing all legitimate authority in the pursuit of power, perks, and position, and rulership of the world. Now, when Representative Biggs made a declaration yesterday that the FBI had crossed the Rubicon by going too far without authority, he was absolutely right. He said this is a long-standing pattern of the police state apparatus beginning with forged and falsified affidavits to give it a FISA warrant early on and all of the other things that we've been watching happening over the past six years. But he said with the Mar-a-Lago raid, the FBI has gone so far that the Department of Justice has no longer got the trust of the American people. 
In other words, Caesar has shown himself for who he really is. The people wanted Caesar. They thought they wanted Caesar. They did not want Messiah. Still do not. But they have no clue as to what ultimately they get. And so today on Viewpoint, we take an interesting look back at history and furthermore look forward to see what is in store for us as, even in the United States of America, the last best hope of earth, according to former President Abraham Lincoln, what happens when a government that supposedly was under God, at least theoretically, has now rejected that God and has become Caesar. Would you like to know what that looks like? Would you like to know how God sees that? That's what we're going to take a look at here today on Viewpoint, and I'm glad, again, that you have joined us. It's conversation as always with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. Some folk have asked, well, are, are you continuing on the air? Well, indeed, we are continuing on the air. We're on the air right now. The problem is that for several days, it was necessary for us to re-air programs because I was not able to do live programs. And so some of those programs did not make it up on the Internet. Because of that, some people have inquired, well, uh, have you stopped doing online broadcasting? The answer is no. No, absolutely not. In fact, this is the ultimate moment of time when this program and the calling of yours truly is at its penultimate. This is the moment of truth. We are in the Valley of Decision this very day, and we're seeing it all play out. Indeed, the world has chosen and is continually choosing Caesar. What does that look like? How does it relate to Messiah? Because you see, you can't have both the authority of Messiah and the authority of Caesar the same time. Or you might say, well, didn't Jesus say, render unto Caesar the things that be Caesar's, and unto God the things that be God's? Indeed, he did say that. The problem with that was that from the very beginning, God never ordained Caesar. In fact, so much so did he not ordain Caesar that we're going to find that the very first prophet of Israel confronted Israel over this very issue. And it is the issue that has troubled Israel and the Jewish people since the beginning of their leaving Egypt, entering the Promised Land, and now what? They decided to choose Caesar. That's exactly what they decided to do, to choose Caesar. And so, in order to understand this, we're going to have to go back to the book of uh, 1 Samuel, chapter 8. 
The book of 1 Samuel chapter 8, And it came to pass, when Samuel, the first prophet, was old, he had been judging Israel, now all the days of his life, he was trusted as a true, genuine representative of God. His word, the Bible says, his words never fell to the ground idle. In other words, everything he said was ordained by God and was respected, not accepted, but respected by the Jewish people. In fact, the words of the prophets were never accepted by the Jewish people, ever. Not ever, including Jesus' words. Because they always chose the spirit of Caesar. Always. And today is no exception. Not just for Jews alone, but for the entire Gentile world, including massive numbers of Christians. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Give us Caesar. That's the cry of the world today. That's the cry all over America and in Europe and everywhere out through the world. Give us Caesar. Isn't it interesting that the Jewish people are not looking for a divine Messiah? In fact, they reject the whole concept of divine Messiah. They're looking for a man. They're looking for a Caesar who will deliver them and provide whatever their vision is to bring tikkun olam, redemption of the world, nice things, good feelings, and restore the position of the Jewish people in the world as the penultimate. But how is that going to happen? They're looking for a man. They're not looking for God. They're not looking for a divine emissary that you and I, as professing Christians, might think they were looking for. Absolutely not. In fact, such a thing is blasphemy and abomination to the Jewish people. That's why they crucified him. They crucified him because they said this man claims to be Messiah. He's just a man, but he claims to be Messiah. Now, actually, Jesus went out of his way not to make that claim, continually calling himself the Son of Man. But ultimately, when push came to shove and he was asked directly, he said, you say, Are you the Messiah? So you have said. So he left it somewhat passively, yet acknowledged it was true. And they crucified him. They said, we have no king but Caesar. What does that mean? What are the implications for you and for me right now? 
Why is it that that spirit, the spirit of Caesar, now is ruling our world and the United States of America and has taken over and replaced lawfulness with unlawful seizure of power? It has to do with crossing the Rubicon. Caesar was the family name of Julius Caesar, and it was assumed by following emperors as a title. Some Pharisees and Herodians asked Jesus about the propriety of paying taxes to Caesar. And in reply, he said, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and the things that are to, to God the things that are God. But the Pharisees and the Herodians hated Caesar. Well, at least they hated what he represented against who they conceived themselves to be. So, in that passage in Matthew chapter 22, Caesar was virtually a symbol of civil authority. Originally, the name Caesar was the family name of the founder of the Roman Empire. Julius Caesar was assassinated on March 15th, 44 B.C. And that's why you've heard the phrase coming out of Shakespeare, Beware the Ides of March. But his successors kept Caesar's memory alive, and eventually his name came to be used as a title. Caesars mentioned or referred to in the New Testament included Augustus, Tiberius, Claudius, and possibly even Nero. So, there we have just kind of a brief historical reference back to the Roman Empire. But here's the situation. The Roman Empire is being restored as we speak. Because the Roman Empire is being restored as we speak, so is the role of Caesar. And the new Caesar is not called Caesar. The Bible calls him Antichrist. But he's going to rule with an iron fist, and he will, in effect, cross the Rubicon just as Caesar, Julius Caesar, did, and the net result of it will be nothing but horror for the world and the Roman Empire. So, when the phrase crossing the Rubicon is being used now by some politicians to describe what our government did under color of law to invade the home of the former president of the United States, what they're actually saying is that that action was a reflection of the worst representations of what it meant to be a Caesar. And it was precisely that spirit that ultimately resulted in the demise of the Roman Empire. So when Edward Gibbons writes his book, The Rise and Fall of the Roman Empire, 
He sees all of these things that took place under the rulership of the Caesars who saw themselves and declared themselves to be divine. Think about this. They declared themselves divine. The Jewish people are not looking for a divine Messiah. Yet they're going to get that which they have requested and always have. And the rest of the world, the Gentile world, alongside them is going to get exactly what we have requested. Caesar. Now, in order to better understand the fullness of this, I urge you to get a copy of my last two books. Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter, and the new book that has just come out, not even officially released yet until August 25th, but it has just come out. The first four copies went out this very day. Messiah, unveiling the mystery of the ages. It's a mystery because of what we're about to reveal here on Viewpoint that has interconnected the entire world with the threat and promise of Caesar as the alternative to Messiah. Each one of those books is $22. Antichrist and Messiah. $22. If you get them together, it will be a total of $7 postage and handling. If you get each one separately, it will be $5 postage and handling. Go to our website, saveus.org, saveus.org, or give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling, as I indicated. Now, <coughs> this is not a joke, friends. We're talking about the real deal from God's viewpoint. So we go back to 1 Samuel chapter 8. It came to pass when that first judge Samuel was old. His sons were not walking godly. Can you relate to that? Can you relate to the fact that your children and or grandchildren, whatever, are not walking godly? What are, how are they walking? They're walking according to Caesar. They're walking like an Egyptian. And Israel noted that even with this prophet, Samuel, whose ways were so profound before God, that even there, his sons were not following the Lord. So all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel. And they said to him, your sons are not walking in the ways, your ways, 
Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Make us a king. Now, another way of saying that would be, give us Caesar. Now, the title Caesar had not come about yet. It didn't come about until the time of the Roman Empire. But the spirit of it was exactly the same. Here's what the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapters 8, verse 6. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us to king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto you. That's what the Lord said to him. Hearken or follow through unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto you, because they have not rejected you but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. This is an issue of who will reign. So, at the time of the Revolutionary War in America, (coughs) there were those who were so enthralled with George Washington that they wanted to make him king. Then the colonists rose up and they said, no, that is not the spirit of America. We have no king but Jesus. We have no king but Jesus. Would you like to know how to get rid of Jesus? Embrace Caesar. Embrace the spirit of Caesar, and you get rid of Jesus. Do you remember when Barack Obama was being inaugurated, and uh, he was going to give a speech there at a Catholic university, and he ordered that the image of Jesus be covered over so that it would not show up in the background as he spoke? Why did he do that? Because he was claiming Caesarhood. He was rejecting Yeshua, Jesus as Messiah, and he was claiming Caesarhood. Then, all across America and the entire world after that, he was demonstrated with a halo over his head, much like the ancient Caesars, who claimed deity in their civil role in authority. So they claimed a merger of civil authority and spiritual authority. When that happened, the Roman Empire became the consummate manifestation of Antichrist. And it is that spirit that the Jewish people and their leaders at the time of the crucifixion declared, we have no king but Caesar. They rejected Yeshua as Messiah, 
openly, claiming it was blasphemous, but they would embrace Caesar, who wore the trappings of deity, instead, in order to gain political power, perks, and position. Isn't that exactly what's happening today? Here is what God said to Samuel. When they are asking for a king, they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. Really? What does that mean? What does it mean to reject God and his reigning over our lives? The only other alternative, friends, is to embrace Caesar. So which is it? We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a for pastors only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Also on Chuck's website, listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast. Listen to the archives. Maybe you missed a program. Check it out at saveus.org. Also, there are some great resources, hospitality information, also information about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, newsletters, articles, prophecy, prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org. Give us Caesar. That's exactly what the world wants. That's exactly what the Jewish people are looking for, even in the name of Messiah. Give us Caesar. So why was God so concerned about this way back in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 8? He told Samuel to warn the people what would happen. Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people that asked of him a king. In other words, Caesar. This is going to be the manner of the king that's going to reign over you. He's going to take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, to be his horsemen, to run before his chariots. He's going to appoint captains over thousands and of fifties, and uh, will set them to ear his ground. In other words, plant his fruit to reap his harvest, to make his instruments of war. He'll take your daughters to be confectionaries and to be cooks and bakers. He will take your fields and your vineyards and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he'll take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give to the officers and to his servants. And he'll take your men servants and your maid servants and your goodliest young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He'll take the tenth of your sheep and you shall be his servants and you shall cry out in that day, 
because of your king, which you have chosen. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. And when was the last time you heard this taught or preached from? Not likely. Because it goes totally contrary to the spirit of our age. It is exactly the opposite of what we have chosen to embrace, the rulership of Caesar. Here is what the scripture says was the response of the chosen people of Israel, the ones who were the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, heirs according to the promise. Here's what it says. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey, and they said, no, but we will have a king or Caesar over us, that we might be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. In other words, we don't much like the idea of trusting God. We would rather trust a man. So, to this very day, the Jewish rabbis, the Orthodox Jewish people, have said, we will trust a man, whether he be Moses or someone else, but we will not trust a divine Messiah. We will not trust such a, a, a person. <clears throat> now, here's our problem. It may seem strange, but in America today, what we have been watching over the past 50, 60 years is the increasing choice of Americans, including so-called Christian Americans, to choose Caesar. We would rather trust a man than we would trust God. We're seeking an earthly deliverer. And the net result is, even when God gave us such a so-called deliverer, be he imperfect, the people rose up against him because... He did not represent Caesar. Trump did not represent the spirit of Caesar. However, ineptly and inaccurately, or however you want to look at it, he still maintained the spirit of we have no king but Jesus, and declared so. It was intolerable to the Democrat Party. It was intolerable to many in the Republican Party. Utterly intolerable. And so they rose up against him through several impeachments and other phony legal attacks that were 
totally illegal and had been proven to be such over time, including now the nine the, the so-called January 6th event, all of which are exactly the same motivation to get rid of anyone who would stand in the way of Caesar. So the mere fact of declaring we're going to make America great again was too much to handle. Because implicit in those words were we're going to embrace we're going to embrace the spirit of the founding of the country the legal and spiritual founding of the country and we're going to go back at least as best we can to embrace that because that's who we are and we're ordained to be. But the rest of the nation responded like Israel in 1 Samuel chapter 8 saying, No, we will not have this man to reign over us. We will not have God to reign over us. We will not even come close to allowing the Spirit of Christ, Messiah, to reign over us. We have no king but Caesar. And so, Joe Biden has become the titular representative and voice of Caesar. It is he who has been inaugurated by Klaus Schwab, head of the World Economic Forum, to be the voice, to be the titular head of the one who would lead America and the Western world under a resurrected Roman Empire to finally and totally embrace Caesar and reject Messiah. I hope you're listening. Now, if you don't agree, it's possible that you don't agree, but you're listening. You're saying, you know what? There is a resonation of truth in what's being said here. I'm having a hard time with it, and that's understandable, by the way, because the spirit of Caesar has become so great, so overwhelming in our country, in the Western world, that in fact it is uniting the final vestiges of the former Roman Empire into the new resurrected Roman Empire as we speak. And that's all been driven by Russia's attack on Ukraine and by the response of Joe Biden. Now, God is interested in our hearts. He really is. The heart of the matter is always the heart. 
My wife and I in the mornings have been reading, believe it or not, in the book of Jeremiah. And uh, it is quite astounding. I urge you to seriously consider reading through the book of Jeremiah. You'll hardly ever hear any of it from the pulpits of America today because it speaks directly to our hearts. And that's what we don't want to hear. But God says, in the latter days, you're going to consider it. Right now, you may not be considering it, but in the latter days, you're going to. It's going to be so glaring that you will consider it. Here's what happened. First of all, God told Jeremiah to stand in the gate of the of Jerusalem and to warn the people when Jeremiah finished standing there in the gate they came after him and wanted to kill him then not too long after that the Lord spoke to Jeremiah said stand at the court of the Lord's house and speak to all which come to worship the words that I command If they will hearken and turn every man from his evil way, I may repent of the evil which I purpose to do to them because of the evil of their doings. And you will say to them, Thus saith the Lord, If you will not hearken to me to walk in my law, then I will make this house a city, a curse to all the nations of the earth. So how did the religious leaders of the day and the people respond? So the people and the priests and the prophets Hearing Jeremiah speaking these words, when he had made an end of speaking, they said, you shall surely die. And so the people were all gathered collectively against Jeremiah in the house of the Lord to embrace Caesar. They did not want to embrace the Spirit of the Lord. Are we not in exactly the same place, my friends? Maybe you are. We're all in this together. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by His Spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, Behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Welcome back to Viewpoint. Messiah is coming. He's coming under his own authority. He's coming under the authority of the Father, full of grace and truth, but he is coming. The Bible says this, 
But who shall abide the day of his coming? And who shall be able to stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire. It's talking about Messiah. He's not coming back with a halo. He's coming back as a reigning king, my friends. That is for those who will truly receive him. He's been waiting since his first coming for those who would truly seek him with a whole heart, seek to submit to his word, his will, and his ways, seek to admit, to submit to his authority as Messiah, the ultimate deliverer, the Savior of the world, the Savior of mankind. But the world has rejected him. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as would receive him, to them he gave authority to become the sons of God, even to as many as who would truly believe on his name. The majority don't, though. And increasingly, as we move forward toward the end of the age, we find, indeed, that there is an exceedingly small remnant of people who truly follow Messiah. So what is the rest of the world looking for? Would you like to know? You might just want to get a copy of my book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. Because the same spirit that has ruled from the very beginning is ruling in spades now to get rid of Jesus. Even in our churches, while pretending, like the Attorney General of the United States, pretending to come to us under true color of law and justice for all, has no intention whatsoever of doing that. He uses it as a pretext to accomplish his Antichrist agenda. For Caesar, the spirit of Caesar, everything else and anyone else is despised and rejected. <clears throat> what we're looking at is something so profound. The deception is so great that the majority of this planet including the majority of pastors and people, are going to embrace Caesar. They'll find their reasons, just like ancient Israel did. We want to be like all the other nations. We want to be like all the other people. We want to be accepted. We wanted this. We wanted that. We wanted this. Well, we just can't trust God that much. So, again, I want to urge you to get a copy of the book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. I can guarantee you, you've never read anything like it. It is a book for this moment in time that reveals why 
the majority of the planet will accept a counterfeit Christ. Even in the name of Messiah. Why is it that there is a growing messianic fervor all over the world? If there's a growing messianic fervor all over the world, doesn't that sound like it would be a great thing? Well, it would be a great thing if that's really what they're looking for. But they're not looking for that. They're looking for a self-defined Messiah. That's why I call it the mystery of Messiah. Messianic fervor is exploding worldwide, yet the details remain shrouded in mystery. $22, we'll put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. It's not about selling books, friends. I don't make any money on these books. That may be hard to believe, but it's true. Make no money on these books. They're about getting a message out to prepare the way of the Lord for history's final hour. I believe that they're an act of love and mercy and compassion on behalf of the Father to touch the hearts of those who are willing. $22 on our website, saveus.org. Call us 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Again, writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Messiah, unveiling the mystery of the ages. So then Pilate said to Jesus, Why aren't you speaking to me? Don't you know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? And Jesus responded, You could have no power at all against me unless... (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater power sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews, the Jewish leaders, cried out saying, if you let this man go, you are not Caesar's friend. Now they hated Caesar. It didn't make any difference to them. They hated Jesus more. So they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? And the chief priests answered, we have no king but Caesar, and they're saying that to this very day. So a writer says, Pilate's attitude is a clear picture of present worldly leaders. They think they have power to do, not actually possess. 
Pilate says to Jesus, don't you know that I have power to crucify you and to release you? And Jesus replied, is to the point, he says, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. So, wouldn't it be amazing if Christian leaders knew and practiced that truth? There's no doubt that many have been co-opted by the world system. It's unquestionably true. The spirit of this age has one agenda, get rid of Jesus. Get rid of Jesus. We will not have this man to rule over us. Oh, we will come and claim his salvation, but we're not going to live under his authority. No way, no how. We're just not going to do it. So, As believers in Christ, we should be fully aware of the spirit of this age. That spirit is Christless, godless, and humanistic. It is not our friend. Our responsibility for God in this present world is to keep everything Christ-centered, which must inform every single thing that you and I do. We should never differentiate between our spiritual walk, devotion to Christ, going to the grocery store, sending our kids to school, and our politics, and without doubt or debate, Christ should permeate every single sector of your life and mine. With great intentionality and spiritual discernment, we must guard against actions and attitudes that say, we have no king but Caesar. That's our problem. We are just like the the people of Israel back in the days of Samuel. We want to be like everybody else. Israel wants to be part of the EU. Israel wants to be part of the resurrected Roman Empire. Americans want to be part of what we think we need to be part of in order to make ourselves feel better. In order for the Republican Party to rule, or the Democratic Party to rule. Ultimately, friends, it has nothing to do with the Republican Party and the Democrat Party. It has to do with whether or not Caesar will rule. So I ask you a question. Who actually is ruling in your life? This is something, friends, that you and I are going to have to deal with. I'm sorry, there's no way to avoid it. This is the ultimate test of time. This is the moment of truth. This is our moment. Right now, the leaders of the nations are trembling on the precipice of global conflagration. You know that. People are terrified. Nothing seems certain except chaos. 
and is catapulting the whole planet to the precipice of a chasm so sheer as to shake the confidence of the most courageous. We need a ray of hopeful light in the encroaching darkness. The problem is, while we need it, we're not seeking it. So it's our moment of truth right now. Destiny is riding in the balance, and uh, as we go through the book, uh, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, you're going to find out how short time really is. Even as we're groping in what seems to be darkness, the picture is going to emerge that it's either going to leave you awash in unprecedented hope or in unfathomable horror. We have to make we we have to get on this journey, friends, to unveil history's greatest mystery, the mystery of Messiah. Jews are awaiting the Mashiach. Muslims await the Mahdi. Christians await Messiah's second coming, whatever that means to them. Many are awaiting a messianic age. The whole world is looking for some sort of Messiah. Who is he? Is he God or a mere man? Is the anointed one of Israel, the anointed one of God, truly the Mashiach, or is he someone else? (coughs) Who do you trust? That's really what it's all about. All about trust. Trust in the Lord, my friend, with all your heart. Do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path if you'll let Him. Thanks for joining us. Become a partner, friend. Send your gifts by faith to Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Do it today. Don't delay. This is the moment of truth, friends. Things are moving rapidly. Who will rule, Caesar or Messiah? You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.